Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Harden My Take, the number one podcast on thedreamshake.com. Home of all things Houston Rockets on SPNation.com. It's your boy Jeremy Brenner here, and today, Michael Brown, we are entering our first film session today. I'm excited. I'm really excited that this was an idea birthed by both you and I because the world needs to know our opinions as it pertains to the film industry and, most importantly, the basketball community of theatrical productions. Absolutely. Could not have said it better myself. Um, and I didn't even think about that. that. It's just off the head, by the way. So Perfect. And we figured that this would be a good time for this because um, with The Last Dance out right now, um, people are looking at, you know, basketball films, documentaries, and, and they're – it's come into the spotlight a little bit. Obviously, uh, The Last Dance is not going to be featured on our lists for our top 15 films uh, for basketball-related films. But um, I feel, Mike, if we did this list a little bit later on, that The Last Dance would be up there. What, do you, what have you thought about the first couple episodes of The Last Dance thus far? I think it's been incredible. I think... Um... Just like any Rockets fan, I've had issues with ESPN's coverage of the Rockets at one point or another throughout my life. But I have to give them all of the credit in the world. These first four episodes have been unbelievable. The insight that we've gotten into certain guys like Horace Grant. Not even talking about Jordan and Pippen. I'm talking about guys like Horace Grant. uh, Guys like... uh, Who's somebody from this past episode? Ron Harper. Mm-hmm. Like these guys that you know, Dennis Rodman. I mean, the Dennis Rodman, like insight into him was fascinating. I could watch, I could watch a hundred hours of this thing, just diving deeper into these guys. Uh has been awesome. I mean, 10 out of 10. I can't say enough good things about what they've done thus far. What about you? Have you liked it? I mean, are yeah, you- absolutely. I mean, it's hard to hate it. Um, I, I think that they've done a great job. Um, it, it's nice that we see um, the flies on the wall, the John Paxons, the the Ron Harpers, the, the the Steve Kerr's, those guys that were were around that time and give their perspective. And we're also getting outside perspective from you know people that are part of the story that didn't even realize they were part of the story, like your Barack Obamas, the Bill Clintons, the Carmen Electras, but which, by the way, Carmen Electra has not aged a single day in, in over 20 years. 
She uh, looks the exact same in the 90s footage than she did in her interview. That, to me, is the most outstanding part of the documentary thus far, is the fact that Carmen Electra has not aged a single day. Yeah, we're going to keep this very, very G-rated, right? <laughs> Car- Carmen Electra looks phenomenal. Absolutely. I, I mean, yes, we're going to keep it right there. Carmen Electra, uh, she, she looks good. She, she looks very healthy, very healthy, uh, very, uh, very, very good. Yeah, she looks very healthy. That's a good way to put it. But um, enough Last Dance talk. This is not the podcast for that. But for today's, uh, so we're going to start, we have listed our top 15 films for our basketball list we have right here. So this first episode will chronicle 15 through 11. Our second episode, which should come out Monday, will go 10 through 6. And then the next episode coming out a week from today will go 5 to 1. So when I was compiling this list, I, I thought mostly, you know, I saw three different types of films, okay? I saw comedy films, I saw documentaries, and I saw uh, serious uh, dramas, Dra- com- dramedies, maybe you could call it that, but serious movies about basketball. Some fictional, some non-fictional. There's a good mix here, uh, at least on my list. And, and I really, and this was a difficult list to come up with because, you know, I was thinking like, oh, do I value a movie more because it's funny? Or, oh, do I value a movie more because it's serious? Do I value a movie because it uh, is based on a true story? Do I value it because it is a true story? So it was very difficult for me because these are so... The movies I have are very eclectic in terms of, you know, types of movies. I, I threw in some documentaries. I threw in some comedies. There's there's a good mix on my list. Uh, Mike, how did you come up with your list of 15? So... I, I went straight movies, so I'm not going to have any documentaries. I want to go top 15 basketball films of all time. Uh, I actually have a system that uh, I use three different rating systems. I went off Rotten Tomatoes. I looked at uh, the tomato score and then the audience score, and then I also went off of a scaling of 1 to 10 uh, through IMDb. So I have it's not everything, so it's not, okay, it, it hits this point, it hits this point, I slot it here. It's, I take that as my reference tools to place these films accordingly throughout my 15. Um, so I think it gives a good mixture. Uh, I agreed with some. I didn't agree with some of the scores. Um, but this is, it's interesting, because I, I thought I knew a lot of basketball movies, and then I start getting into it, and I'm like, I don't even remember this movie. Like it's been so long since I've seen this movie that it's like, Oh, that was a basketball movie. Okay. I do remember that. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I'm very excited for this list. Yeah. I think that there were a lot of, uh, you know, I, I, I was reminded a lot about, you know, which, which movies, um, which movies I hadn't seen in a very long time, which movies I regret seeing, uh, in theaters, uh, Thunderstruck, Cough, Cough, um, that's not going to make an appearance on my list, but, um, yeah, I think there were, um, it, I remember a lot of movies that, you know, if I ever have some time, uh, you know, where I'm not doing anything, I could definitely pop one of these movies on Netflix or, uh, wherever you stream movies, uh, one of these days coming up, uh, but let's get started, Mike, I'm going to start it off with you, what is your number 15 film? 
My number 15 film is entitled Cornbread Earl and Me. Okay, Cornbread Earl and Me. Can you explain this movie to me? Because, to be honest, I'm not very familiar with the film. Sure. So, this is actually, this is the first ever um, movie for one, Lawrence Fishburne. It's a 1975 uh, film that Lawrence Fishburne made his uh, theatrical debut. Interesting. Uh, and basically, it's about a star basketball player from the neighborhood uh, who goes by the name of Cornbread. And in the movie, he epitomizes the dream of the neighborhood to be successful uh, as he's about to become the first from his uh, neighborhood to enter college or go for an athletic scholarship. Uh, and basically, it, it turns into uh, there's a pickup basketball and it's a game, a pickup basketball game ends because of heavy rain and all the kids run to a local store to basically wet out the rain. All the kids leave except for Cornbread, Earl, and Wilford. And Earl and Wilford get into a playful argument about how fast Cornbread can run home. It's decided that Cornbread should make it home in 25 seconds, so he runs off. Uh, basically, there was an assault suspect in the neighborhood who was dressed like Cornbread. And the two police officers are hot on the, the trail of this guy, lose him in the rain, uh, and unfortunately, the real cornbread was shot in the back and dies in the middle of the street. Mm. Uh, and Wilford screams hysterically, a riot ensues. Uh, but this, this is a, a film where it's powerful. I mean, it's got a message beyond the basketball court. And in a day and age like we have now, I think so many of these, these athletes want to represent not only well on the court, but also off of the court by, you know, taking on different uh, causes and things like that. But this is something that, you know, the, this kid did nothing wrong. He was simply dressed like somebody who had committed a crime, was shot in the back by police officers. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a powerful film. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. Um, but just to give a little insight as to uh, where it came, it actually wasn't scored. It didn't have a tomato score, but the audience gave it an 80... Hold on, let me pull it up. An 86% approval rate, uh, and IMDb had it at 6.9 out of 10. So it's certainly a film that they thought highly of. Uh, so for those reasons, the message behind the movie, my number 15 is Cornbread, Earl, and Me. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny how movies that are, you know, 40-plus years old uh, still have, uh, still have, like, weight today. Um, and I'm looking now, um, I believe this film is on YouTube. Yeah. Yes. There, there is a YouTube, um, it looks like it's not even like you need to buy it. It looks like it's just there. Mm -hmm. Um, so YouTube is where you can go if you want to watch that movie, I guess. Um, so Cornbread Earl and Me on number 15 on your list. I'll have to give that one a watch. Yeah, it's, a, it's good. you uh, so you went old school for your number 15, and I'm going to go pretty uh, pretty recent for my number 15. I bet uh, some of our listeners have probably heard of this movie before. It's none other than uh, Uncle Drew popping in at number 15 on this list. This might get some flack um, because 
Uncle Drew is not really considered um, that serious of a movie, I guess you could say. Um, but obviously it stems from the old Pepsi commercials where Kyra Irving um, is disguised as this old man and he goes uh, he goes and plays uh, pickup games and he, you know, Kyra Irving comes out. Uh, so it's uh, that I was a fan of the Pepsi commercials beforehand and I think the film, it, it doesn't live up to the same, you know, taste as the Pepsi shorts. I prefer those than, um, I prefer those than the movie itself. Uh, but I mean, the movie, it, you'll like the movie if you like, you know, cameos from your favorite, you know, from your favorite basketball players. You know, there's Kyrie Irving, Shaq, uh, Reggie Miller, Nate Robinson, uh, J.B. Smoove is one of my favorite actors. Um, Les Lisa Leslie's in it. Um, so there's there's a taste of everybody um, in this movie, and there's a there's a plot which you know I won't get too much into the plot of the movie. Um, but it's it's Uncle Drew. It's it's a bunch of NBA players pretending like they're old dudes and they can actually play basketball. I mean there there's there's some humor in that at least uh, according to me. And that's what matters here because I'm the one on the mic. So for me, number 15, Uncle Drew. Have you seen it, Uncle Drew? I have not. Uh, it, it, it didn't make my list. Uh, it, I thought about maybe sneaking it in at, at number 15. Uh, to me, it was okay. It looked okay. I mean, but it looked like a movie that had a really high likelihood of me wishing that I had that hour and a half, two hours back <laughs> of my life. Yeah. So I mean, look, if, it's not a movie that you're like, oh, I need to see a good movie. I'm going to go put in Uncle Drew. But it's it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. It, it reminds me of another movie that I'm not sure if it's on your list. If it is, then I will reference it uh, to what I'm talking about. But the, I've watched my fair share of bad movies. Like, I, I'm not calling it a bad movie. I'm calling oh, yeah, it a movie. Yeah. Made it for on this list is great movie. <laughs> Correct. It's like right, but I am gonna go back and I am gonna watch. The, I, I want to watch it. Let's put it that way because of the fact that we're in week of uh, you know nth of quarantine because I don't I don't know when this thing is gonna end. Yeah. Uh, I have time, so there's no reason for me not to do it. Maybe what I'll do is I'll buy like a like a twelve pack of beer and live tweet Uncle Drew. And see what happens. That sounds pretty good to me. That sounds like the best Friday night. You'd sit back, get some beer, whatever your choice. You know beer more than I do. So that's the kind of thing. I would drink wine. I, I would drink, you know, you know, I'm a college student. So I would, you know, get like a, a $5 thing of like Barefoot or something like that. And I'd watch. Good. Why don't we do this? You know what? We should plan that. We'll, you and I will live tweet. You get... Like two bottles of Barefoot. I'll get a 12-pack of beer. We'll live tweet watching Uncle Drew, and we'll see what, what each other comes up with. Yeah. That sounds that awesome, sounds, by the way. That sounds like the best idea ever or a total disaster. No, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> There's only upside to that idea. Uh, so, All right. That, Let's move on here. Number 14 on your list, Mikey B. Uh, number 14. Uh, I am going with... The movie Basketball Diaries. Basketball Diaries, number 14 on your list. Another movie that did not make my list. Um, so Basketball Diaries, number 14 on your list. Why does it make an appearance here? Uh, first, 
it's got a cast that includes Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg. So, now, shocking, Mark Wahlberg portrays the same character as he does in every other movie that he's in. Uh, he's a very similar character in this one. Uh, so, shocker there. Uh, but basically, it's about a guy named Jim Carroll, high school basketball player who regularly, regularly, regularly gets into trouble, basically. Um, and basically, his friend Bobby is in the hospital, dies of leukemia, uh, and Jim Carroll keeps a journal in which he regularly writes things about his friend. Uh, Bobby ends up dying. He attends the funeral. And after that, Jim and his friends go to the basketball court, reminisce about Bobby's life. And basically, because of Bobby's death, Jim begins to use heroin. Uh, basically, due to his death, Jim just loses it, right? Just loses it, ends up getting arrested. I don't want to give too much of the movie away. Um, but once again, it shows the power of basketball, right? Like, you and I, we're we love the but it's, it's a place that, you know, hit Jim and his buddies – Bobby, they all play basketball together. And so this movie just reminds me of all of those good days of not having to pay bills, not having to do anything. Literally, it was just about going to the court and playing ball with your friends yeah. and being home by a certain time to have dinner. Like, that was it. This is one of those movies where the death of his friend, you know, the one place that he could always go back to to reminisce about his friend and remember the good times was the basketball court. Uh, DiCaprio was really good in this movie. Uh, it got good reviews. It didn't get great reviews. Uh, where are we? Let me see. Give me one second here. So basically, the Rotten Tomatoes score was 45%. So the critics didn't love the movie. The audience gave it a 76% approval rate, which is pretty good. And it got a 7.3 on IMDb. So it's solidly looked at by you know, the audience. And by one outlet. So for those reasons, I'm going with Basketball Diaries as my number 14 basketball movie of all time. Yeah. I think a theme in this, um, I think a theme in all of these movies is the fact that basketball and sports in general uh, unite people. They bring people together, which I think is honestly, um, you know, stepping away from this a little bit is part of why um, this quarantine is so unfortunate because there is no sport to unite people and i think that that is why the last dance is seen as this you know giant way it is seen as you know highly regarded as it is because it's the closest thing to sports that we have right now and it's uniting people because sports that's the power of sport and yeah. that's the power of this movie here so i think this is going to be a common theme that we see on a lot of these lists, especially the ones that deal with, you know, more substance than others. So, um, Basketball Diaries, definitely going to add that to my watch list uh, coming up, number 14 on your list. Um, again, I opted to go uh, more comedic for, for my number 14 uh, movie. Uh, this is a movie that I remember very well um, when I was a kid. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but... Uh, number 14 on my list is Martin Lawrence's oh. Rebound. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Not the best movie. You're, you're, you're killing me. But yeah. present, no, present, present your case, and then we'll have a small discussion. 
Small discussion. Okay. Um, this this more so is on my list because it. I just remember it so well as a kid. I thought it was the funniest thing. Like as as a seven year old kid. Um. So that that is a lot of the reason why it's on this list. I mean. Look, this is again not the not the uh, not winning any Academy Awards anytime soon. But uh, basically, Martin Lawrence, who is comedy icon, um, first of all, uh, if you haven't seen any of the uh, any of Martin, go and see that. His it's his uh, sitcom, and then uh, the, he just came out with the uh, he just came out with the uh, the Bad Boys movie, uh, the Bad Boys sequel with Will Smith. So. Uh, that's another great film series that Martin Lawrence is part of. But anyway, um, basically, he is this college basketball coach who's a bit hot-tempered. Uh, he gets fired. Then he has to go and coach middle school. And he goes and coaches this team of misfits, very Bad News Bears-esque. Um, but he teaches them to become winners, and it's and it's it's great. Beans, Beans from Even Stevens is in it. Um Great movie. I loved it. Um, my my seven year old self is uh is very happy that it placed it at number fourteen on this list. So I was just giving you a hard time. I, I actually really like this movie. It Thank didn't you. make my list. I'm glad about the other one. Look, it, it's it didn't do well in Rotten Tomatoes, which is which is why I'm assuming it's probably not in your list. It it didn't make my list only because the I'm trying to think. This is one of those movies that if it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. Because it's just comedic fodder for me. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's funny. It's a funny movie. The referee, I remember the referee who made the call. It also has the guy, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan. We've never talked yes, about he's the guy these. Okay. Right, so he's Putty. So Putty is the coach. Yes. Uh, I, think, I thought he was great in that. Uh, the cast of characters is great. Um, it also has the mom who is also in Big Mama's House, which is one mm-hmm. one of my I like that movie uh, from when I was a kid. So I think good selection, very solid selection uh, by you. Yeah, it is a very solid selection by me. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but my favorite part of the movie is when um, his his like brother, who's also played by Martin Lawrence, um, is like a preacher. And he comes and says this prayer, and he, he says he says he hopes that the, that the other team gets hurt. <laughs> he says, "I hope the other team gets injured, but not too bad, so where they have to go to the hospital, but just so that they get knocked out of the game." <laughs> I always he, and he also is like, thank you for the food that is, oh wait, that's not the right prayer. And then uh, it goes into like this dramatic picture, music. Picture uh, is- it's, it's a great, I would just watch the, that clip. Um, I mean, the, the movie has a nice sentimental value about, you know, Martin Lawrence goes through this whole, uh, you know, I guess, evolution. He's a very dynamic character. He has uh, a realization, you know, he comes back to realizing that you know, he loves coaching for what it's worth, not for the fame that's attached to it. So I guess th- that's the part that makes it sentimental. But uh, it's not why you watch the movie. You watch the movie because it's funny. Um, oh, sure. It's a stupid funny movie. But yeah, uh, number 14 on my list, Rebound. Good selection. Very yeah. solid. Number, it's number a very, 14 on your list. Very my friend. Selection. 
All right, number 13. I'm going with the movie Rebound, the legend of Earl the Goat, Manigault. Okay, so a different rebound. A different rebound. Yeah, we almost had a match here. Uh, but, you know, close but no cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, by the way, so this movie uh, featuring the, the guy who played Earl Manigault was Don Cheadle. I'm sure you're familiar with Mr. Very Don familiar. Cheadle. Very great actor. Uh, in a lot of stuff. Uh, also, James Earl Jones is in this movie. Um, I, I mean, I mean, he was Mufasa, he was Darth Vader, uh, Sandlot, all these amazing, incredible movies. Uh, but basically, this movie uh, is uh, it's described as a dramatization of the life of Earl Manigault. Uh, and he's basically, he was a kid, a great basketball player. I mean, Phenomenal basketball player. Back in uh, the late 1950s, he set the New York City junior high school record by scoring 57 points in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, he gets into high school, links up with the, the wrong crowds, um, and basically uh, gets addicted to drugs. And he eventually makes his way back to Harlem and gives back in the way of coaching to young kids. Um, and he's, he's lived, a, uh, he lived, I should say, cause unfortunately he passed in 1998. He lived a very successful life. He obviously, it, you know, had its ups and downs, but he was a guy who, uh, gave back a lot to his community, um, and tried to set as good a, uh, example for the kids in New York as he could. Um, so for those reasons, uh, and uh, very highly rated uh, via the, the movie rating sites, um, 94% approval rating from the audience via Rotten Tomatoes, and a 7.7 rating from IMDb. So uh, clearly uh, a very well-acted movie by Don, Don Cheadle as the lead. Uh, for those reasons, number 13, Rebound the life or the legend of Earl the Goat Manigault. Very interesting. Um, did not know that story. Um, you're, you're, I'm learning things here, Mike. Uh, you're, you're teaching me well. Um, that, that sounds very interesting because what I love about basketball is that uh, is all the stories that, you know, don't get as, go, don't get told as often um, as you think, as, as it should, because if we're really thinking about it, you know, 99% of basketball stories are not told uh, in in the limelight. You know, if we're talking just, you know, NBA, NCAA, that's really, you know, the bulk of it. But then there's also, you know, overseas basketball that hasn't, you know, there's so many untold stories from that era. The street ball, uh, you know, the the, the street ball that um, Earl Manigault is from. There's so many stories there that are so fascinating that aren't told as often as they should be. And that is an example of a story that was told um, that, you know, didn't get as, you know, you know, this wide appeal, you know, commercially, but still a story that's told. And that's, that's also what this is about. It's about, it's about storytelling. Um, And that, and that's, that's a story that is people benefit from that, uh, from that story being told. Yeah, and there, there's a couple more things that, that I want to make sure are noted because there's actually a Houston Rockets connection to Earl the Goat Manigault. 
Um, so he uh, he tried out for the ABA, the Utah Stars, didn't make it. Mm-hmm. He then turned down an offer from the Harlem Globetrotters and instead started what he called the GOAT Tournament, a summer tournament that would feature NBA stars such as Bernard King mm-hmm. and one Mr. Kiss of Death, Mario Willey. Really? Um, yes. So, throughout his life, I mean, basically, drugs really affected his life. He went to, he went to prison uh, for those things. Um, he eventually quit hair and moved to Charleston, South Carolina, far away from New York City. Um, now, interestingly enough, he, uh, he started something called the Walk Away from Drugs uh, Tournament uh, for kids in Harlem to prevent them from making the same mistakes he made. But there's a quote that really is powerful to me. He was quoted in New York Times, uh, an article called A Fallen King Revisits His Realm. And he said, for every Michael Jordan, there's an Earl Manigault. We all can't make it. Somebody has to fall. I was the one. So incredible perspective by him realizing, I mean, this is a guy who could play. I mean, it's clear that this guy could play the game of basketball very well. Um, and unfortunately, he did pass away. But this is a, this is a really good read. Uh, I'm excited to go see the movie. I have not seen the movie yet, but this is one that I'm going to watch as soon as possible. So number 13, read down the legend of Earl the Goat Manigold. Yeah. Um, props, props to you for finding that. Um, that's impressive. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Props to you for finding that. That's what we do here at Harden My Take. We, <laughs> we, un- we uncover the incredible ties to a tournament in New York tied to Bernard King and Mr. Mario Elliott. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I'm going to go with my number 13. This is like a movie that is, I would say, more well-known than uh, than Rebound, the story of Earl Manigault that you just mentioned. Um, this number 13 spot on my list might be a little lower um, than people would expect, but the movie is He Got Gang uh, with Denzel Washington and of course, one young Ray Allen. Oh, this is interesting. This is definitely interesting. It's on my list, but it is much higher than number 13. So it's been a while since I've seen the movie. So maybe that's why, um, maybe that's why it's this low, but obviously, um, I won't go into too much detail because I think you're, you're going to have a lot more to say about it than I do. Um, but I think what's interesting here. You know, obviously it's um, Denzel Washington is Jake Shuttlesworth and Ray Allen is Jesus Shuttlesworth, the number one uh, basketball player in the country uh, coming out of high school. And, you know, he's trying to pick a college and uh, Jake Shuttlesworth is in prison and he has to go and find uh, a way to, you know, he has this, um, you know, he has this deal with um, what's the governor and the governor says, oh, if you can get your son to play for my college, I'll send you, uh, you know, I'll send you out of, I'll, I'll release you from prison. So uh, he goes and he tries to, you know, patch up his relationship with his son, Denzel Washington, um, fantastic actor, uh, does the fantastic job in this film, of course. Um, and so does Ray Allen. And I think that is um, something that really surprises people is the fact that Ray Allen, um, this, you know, Ray Allen was a big part of this film. He wasn't just like a, uh, a uh, bystander. He wasn't just a supporting cast member. He was a big part of the film, and I think that uh, really held his own. Um, and he, 
you know, could have opened a career in acting uh, after this, um, but clearly still a better basketball player, Hall of Famer, uh, Ray Allen, of course. But um, what I found interesting, though, is it was Ray Allen, who's an actor, Kevin Garnett, who was recently in Uncut Gems, which I considered putting on this list. I did. I realized, though, that it was not considered basketball enough for this for this movie. Have you seen Uncut Gems, Mike? Uh, I have, and it's funny that you bring that up, because quite possibly Uncut Gems could be making an appearance on my list very <laughs> soon. Uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but I'm just saying that there is a chance... On my list. Oh my goodness. But anyway... Um... But yeah, no, I think Ray Allen did a great job uh, acting in this film. Um, uh, yeah, you know, maybe now that I think about it, this movie should be a little bit higher on my list. But nonetheless, uh, for now, I, uh, not Uncut Gems, but uh, he got game 13th on my list. Uncut, or Uncut, see, you got Uncut Gems on the mind. Uh, he, got, he got game, he got game. He got game is, is a phenomenal movie. It is so good. It, there's so many aspects to that that you can relate to real life. Uh, not, not obviously not the you know a guy's father's in prison and he gets out uh, into the real world, convince his kid to go to a school. But more of the it peels back the curtain of what uh, you know blue chip prospects visits could potentially be like when they go to these universities, right? You know, how many of these guys are meeting with agents when they shouldn't be meeting with agents? Um, how many of these guys go to these schools and, you know, there's girls scantily clothed waiting for them at the airport? Those are just a few things that pop into my mind. But he got game. Denzel Washington was spectacular. Rick Fox was in that movie. Uh, he did a great job with his role. I'm trying to think if there's any other NBA players. I think that was it. Um, but... Great selection for your list. Uh, I cannot wait for it to appear on my list on a future episode. Yeah. The, the funny thing about it, though, um, they, they, uh, Spike Lee originally wanted Kobe for the movie. Um, but that was the, they filmed this movie right after the offseason in which they lost to the Jazz and they lost pretty badly to the Jazz in the Western Conference Finals in 97. And. <laughs> That and he was like, "No, I need to work more on my game, and that's why I'm not going to do the film anymore." It, it also it it's a Spike Lee obviously did a great job. It would have been so different if they would have had somebody in the lead role that wasn't a basketball player, like a real life basketball player. If they would have gotten, uh, just as an example, when uh, Mark Wahlberg was in the Fighter, Mark Wahlberg is not a fighter, right? He wasn't a fighter playing a fighter in the movie. Uh, he, he played it very well, but it would have been different if just some Joe Schmo actor was playing Jesus Shuttlesworth instead of a guy like Ray Allen, which I think gave real credibility to the movie that Spike Lee did. An awesome movie. I may watch it tonight. I may watch that, Rebound, uh, uh, Uncle Drew, maybe a basketball movie kind of night. I would say He Got Game would should be, if you're looking for a better movie, but also it depends on the mood. Like, the other night, like, we were trying to, like, my friends and I were trying to watch a movie, and, you know, we were like, okay, let's watch uh, Moonlight, because we hadn't seen Moonlight yet, and Moonlight obviously won Best Picture uh, 2016, 2017. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was the movie that got, like, you know, it was that, you know, botched Oscars thing. I think it was 2017, because I think the movie came out in 2016, Oscar was 2017, and we were like, wow, this is, like, a great movie that we want to watch, but, like, 
the mood just wasn't right. Like we we wanted a funny movie, so we turned on. We we didn't decide on a movie actually, but we decided on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which uh, again a great show if you haven't seen it. Um, but we needed something funny, and that was that was uh, that was it. So if you're feeling something funny, maybe you go for something else. But if you're feeling something serious, this is definitely worth a watch on your list. Oh, it's if you have not seen it, go watch this movie. This is a you must watch at least once. I mean, I could watch it. I think I've watched it probably 15, 20 times over the span of my life. Uh, it is that good. Absolutely. So number 12 on your list, Michael Brown. Number 12, it's going to come as a complete shock to you, uh, but it is Adam Sandler's own Uncut Gems. Okay, so yes, Uncut Gems is a great movie. And basketball is in the movie. It's a very small part of the movie. So I guess you you kind of said it was enough to where you felt that it was worth putting in your list, which is fair. I get, plead your case. Plead your case. So th- there's a couple things to it. One, it, it peels back the curtain of sports betting, right? So it, it t- it's tied to the game in that manner. Um, so first of all, Adam Sandler is one of those guys that I never thought should leave his niche, right? Like, Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, Billy Madison, uh, Big Daddy, those types of movies, that's his sweet spot. This was a completely different Adam Sandler, and I freaking loved it. He was so good in this movie. He He was awesome. I mean, it it blew my mind how good he was. I thought Garnett was really good as well. Um, And it, it, it peels back the the dirty world that is sports betting. And people think that it's just a, uh, you know, you, you, you bet money here, you know, 10 bucks here, 20 bucks here on a game. But there unfortunately are people out there that ha- it's an issue. I mean, they are addicted to it. They get caught up in owing people that money that they should not be owing to because they're just ruthless individuals in this this was a, a play on that. And this was, um, you know, it, it show, I don't want to give too much of the movie away because the ending was awesome. I mean, the ending just blew my mind. Um, but basically, it's this, you know, uh, you know, Adam Sandler is a, is a gem is, dealer. I will, yeah. I will say, though, this is a long movie. Do so not watch the movie if you don't have a lot of time. This is a two, this is a nearly a two and a half hour movie. So I, I'm just, yeah. but it, it, like I say, it, it sh- it's the, the world of sports betting. It's the world of, you know, hoping, you know, that, that it, you know, life and, and circumstances go a certain individual's way and highly recommended basketball is a very small part of it, but it does feature uh, soon to be hall of famer, Kevin Garnett, Adam Sandler, great cast, great movie. Highly recommended. My number twelve. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is this is a really good movie. Um. I. You know. You're bringing me back. Um. And I. And I. And I recently saw this movie. I probably have seen this movie. Uh. Just as recently as any of these movies on this list. There might be one, maybe two of these films that I've seen only more recently than this one on my list. But um. 
yeah, no, Uncut Gems, uh, if you have not seen it, I think it's coming out on Netflix next month, uh, the month of May, so if you haven't uh, seen it, I'm sure it's coming out on Netflix, um, let me let me double check, I did, see, I did read something about it, but it might not be like a May 1st release, it, it might be a, uh, it might be like a May 15th release, I just want to make sure that I have that right, um, but Uncut Gems, according to this article I'm looking up, is coming out on Netflix for May. Oh man, it's not loading. Hold on. <laughs> it is okay. May twenty fifth. Okay, so it, it it's it's gonna take a while, but it will come out on Netflix May twenty fifth. This episode is coming out April thirtieth. So I mean, obviously, you know, you could you could do you know you could watch it other ways, but. Um, if you want to wait for it to come out on Netflix, uh, May 25th, mark your calendars. I believe that's Memorial Day. Yeah, and everybody, and Memorial don't say, Day. yeah, don't say that, oh, I don't have time. Like, everybody has watched everything on Netflix. There's nothing that you have not seen. This is a new movie coming to Netflix. Don't watch The Office for the 1200th time like I'm in the middle of doing. Watch <laughs> Uncut Games. You will truly appreciate the acting job by Adam Sandler because this shows that he's range. not just the yeah this is range this is the the definition of range by Adam Sandler uh, and Kevin Garnett was sneaky good too uh, added a lot to the movie uh, I liked you know the fact that bringing Garnett in they tied him into the Boston Celtics so it was very relatable uh, to uh, modern day. Uh, visions of Kevin Garnett, what he's going to be most remembered for. The equivalent to a uh, center being able to shoot threes in the NBA now. Accurate. Yeah. Very accurate. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's a good uh, addition to this list. Number 12, Uncut Gems. For my number 12, um, it's one of my favorite movies on this list. Um, it goes, uh, it, it falls further down along the list because um, it's probably not as good story-wise, but it's a favorite of mine. Uh, number 12 on my list is Like Mike with Lil Bow Wow. Oh, like it! Great selection! Another movie that is forever etched as part of my childhood. Um, came out pretty much like when I was watching movies. I, can, I probably had this movie on DVD, and it was probably like one of the movies that I could relate to the most, so I kept watching it. Um, and I mean, look, the, the story, the story is cute. The story is nice. It's, you know, overcoming bullies and, you know, overcoming adversity and, you know, the, the, the magic part of it with, uh, you know, the, the shoes and all that. And this, this little kid getting to play in the NBA, that was pretty cool. Cause everyone has that dream of, of being a kid going into the NBA and, this kid was like, oh, he gets to do it just because Michael Jordan's shoes fell out of the sky. Um, like, what? But anyway, but I think that a lot of people like this movie because they can, you know, dream along with, uh, with Calvin Cambridge. And, I mean, hey, Calvin Cambridge, his jersey uh, was pretty popular back in the early 2000s. Um, like, if, if someone, like, if you went to the beach and you saw a Calvin Cambridge jersey you'd be like, holy moly. You probably wouldn't say moly. You'd probably say another four-letter word. But holy moly, that's a Calvin Cambridge jersey. That's sick. Like, I want that jersey. 
And I, I mean, you would, I mean, look, Calvin Cambridge is like who I wanted to be when I was a kid. Um, and of course you have all the NBA cameos. You have, uh, you know, you have AI, Vince Carter, uh, Dirk Davitsky. I think one of the best parts of the movie was when Dirk Nowitzki asks for uh, Calvin Cambridge's autograph, and then he's like, oh, who should I make it out to? And then Dirk's like, Dirk. <laughs> and he's like, that's my sister's name. But he was, like, actually wanting it for himself. So um, I thought it was it's – a, it's a great movie. Um, you know, you have, um, you know, Officer Winslow uh, from Family Matters – um, he was, he was the family, the Mr. Boyd who was trying to adopt, uh, Calvin, but you know, he, he, and Jonathan Lipnicki is in it. He's playing like the cool sidekick and Jonathan Lipnicki is part of my favorite movie of all time, Jerry Maguire. So that's also part of it. Um, you have pre Disney Brenda song. So again, super like that, that was, that was the team. And then of course, Eugene Levy, who is, uh, doing big things now is uh on uh schitt's creek so a, a great cast fantastic cast um so number 12 on my list like mike great great cast didn't like mike did not make my list oh uh, but, but hold on. It, it, it's an honorable mention it, it's definitely in the honorable mention category uh love the movie loved the movie it is certainly a movie, though, that did not need a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a sequel. I'm pretty sure there was one or two sequels oh, no, that... It's the worst sequel ever. The movie community does not need it. There are certain things that should not have been made into a movie, and the sequels to Like Mike fall into that category. I'm sorry. I apologize for that statement. It is the 100% truth. Like Mike is great. Leave it alone. It was fine. Very nice. Good movie. I'm a little upset there wasn't a Rockets cameo, though, in that movie, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I remember Jason Kidd. Tracy McGrady I, before the Rockets. Tracy McGrady uh, wasn't, and as a member of the Magic, you are correct. Um, but you say the jersey would be cool. You know what hat? I'm a hat guy. So I love hats. I probably have over 150 hats. Um... I would love an L.A. Knights hat. I would wear that, like a snapback of the L.A. Knights. 100% I would wear that. Mm -hmm. The jersey, I don't know about. I don't know if I would go up to somebody and say, wow, you're wearing a Calvin Cabron's jersey? You're awesome. If they had the hat, I would ask yeah. that. Let me ask you this question. Do you think the Clippers exist in the Like Mike world? Uh, no. I can honestly say I've never thought about that question. Why are you asking that question? Unfortunate, man. Why? <laughs> the Clippers were erased out of the entire movie. Well, they, they couldn't be the LA Clippers. They had to be the LA Knights. It's true. It's very true. Um, uh, the LA Knights probably have had more organizational success than the LA Clippers. So that's besides the point. Mm -hmm. um, interesting question, though. I've never thought about it, but I possibly. Mm hmm. All right, so let's move on to the final movie on your list for this episode, number 11. Number 11, I am going with Blue Chips. Blue Chips. That is a very good movie. Uh, did not make my list, but uh, explain why Blue Chips makes your list. Uh, Nick Nolte, uh, who played Coach Pete Bell, uh, 
uh, basically the coach of a very successful program, uh, had a lot of success, but was falling behind the curve as it pertained to paying athletes to come play for his team because everybody else was doing it and he was getting pressure from boosters and from all these different people like you need to go find these athletes, you know, these guys and, you know, say, look, what is it going to take for you to get here? Um, and one of the themes of my list was also cultural impact as well, right? We talked about the, the Earl Renegal movie. This movie peeled back the curtain of, you know, recruiting very similar to He Got Game. But, you know, as an example, one of the guys, his dad needed uh, a tractor. And all of a the sudden, the, you know, three days later, a brand new tractor showed up on his doorstep. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal makes an appearance in the movie. Anthony Hardaway was in the movie. And these guys basically get recruited uh, to uh, come play for this school. And it gets unveiled that, you know, they found evidence that he said or he, that he paid these guys to basically come play for the school. And the, the movie ends where he basically admits it, steps down, and is shown coaching little kids because that's his passion. He, he was a loved coaching, had a passion for coaching, and didn't want to get involved in the dirty world that was, you know, recruiting of these blue chip prospects. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, great in the movie. Penny Hardaway was good in the movie. Um, definitely, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember very vividly seeing it multiple times. So for those reasons, number 11, blue chips. Blue chips, yeah. You know, it's funny because I remember um, the the Orlando Magic 30 for 30. Um, what, let me... That magic moment, I believe it's what it's called, um, it, this magic moment, um, where it talks about the rise of the Orlando Magic, um, and, you know, like, the, the, and, that, and this is the team that, you know, lost to the, lost to the Rockets in the 95 finals, um, but during this movie, um, you know, Shaq, uh, Shaq and Penny got to know each other very well. This movie was filmed, uh, I believe in 1992 1993-ish and yep. the magic this is when they had the second uh second straight number one pick the year after uh Shaquille O'Neal was drafted and they're they were likely going to pick Chris Webber um who's you know member of the Fab Five um and basically they traded out of that number one pick to go get Penny because Shaq and Penny had created that um, chemistry by filming blue chips. Yeah, it, it, that's a that's an awesome find and a thought by you. Um, and yeah, uh, they man, you know, Penny could play. It, you you got a glimpse of a guy that was a stud. I mean, he he was great. And there, there was other you know similar things like it. They found Shaquille O'Neal uh, playing in Louisiana. Uh, so there was a tie there since he went to LSU. Um, Larry Bird was in the movie, too, uh, when they went to Indiana to find, I forgot the name of the guy in the movie, Ricky Rowe. Ricky Rowe was the big uh, white power, small forward, power forward uh, that they found in Indiana, where Larry Bird is from. So there were interesting real-life ties that the movie had uh, with those guys. 
Uh, and I thought Nick Nolte was great. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Played the, the part well. You could tell he was a guy that didn't want to get involved uh, in that world, but was forced into it to try and keep his job. Uh, so my number 11, I wish I could put it higher. I, I simply can't. Blue chips. Yep. All right. Blue chips popping in number 11 on your list. And my number 11, another um, classic movie, uh, 20 years old, uh, is it celebrates the 20th anniversary this year. Um, another Spike Lee movie uh, with Love and Basketball, number 11. Mm. Yeah. Good, good choice. Yeah. So Love and Basketball. Um, I like this movie because it has, you know, it, you know, I'm not a huge rom-com person. I guess this is considered a, a well, this isn't really a comedy, though. That, this, is, is it really a rom-com? Would you consider Love and Basketball a rom-com? No. Rom-com is reserved for movies that I never want to watch. Okay, so and and you do want to watch Love and Basketball. So, uh, for uh, Michael Brown is officially declared Love and Basketball not a rom-com. So, um, we'll, we'll call it a rom, just a rom. So it's it's a romantic movie. Um, you know, Sanaa Lathan, Omar Epps, they have their own uh, basketball careers it intertwines at points. Um. But ultimately, it's it's very empowering for women, um, especially you know when you know Monica, who is played by Sanaa Lathan, she she ends up you know deciding you know she wants to really go for um, she really wants to pursue um, like a relationship with Omar Epps, and he's and you know she basically feels like she has to choose between her career or him. And this movie is very ahead of its time, I feel like, because at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the movie, it turns out that, you know, she gets to have the best of both worlds. She gets to have the man and the career. And, you know, despite uh, despite backlash from her family about playing basketball because it's not a woman-like thing to do, and um, it, it breaks and bends a lot of stereotypes, and I'm all about that. So, um, Love and Basketball, number 11. Yeah, also on my list uh, will be featured on a future episode. Uh, Spike Lee. I mean, Spike Lee. These types of movies, you know, the the, the he got game, love and basketball, very powerful, very uh, insightful into like you said. You said it perfectly. I mean, I'm I'm just rambling at this point. You you did it perfectly. You said everything I would say. Great movie. Love and basketball. Tonight's a basketball movie night. I'm watching all the movies tonight. If you need me, I will be live tweeting all of the basketball movies uh, for the next 24 to 48 hours. I'm watching all of these. These are all great movies. I want to watch every single one of these. Love that. Um, maybe include me in one of them. <laughs> I don't know how much yeah. basketball movies I can do for one night. But um, just a quick sneak peek as to what uh, what is like one thing that you know, the listeners can expect from your list uh, when we get to part two on Monday? Oh, it's a, a really good combination of uh, lightheartedness and darkness. A very good combination of a lot of talent. A lot of talent can be found both on the court and in the actors and actresses portraying roles in the movie. There's a lot... There's, Talent everywhere is what they can expect from 
my list for episode, uh, the second part to this. But I am more curious as to what can people expect out of your list, Mr. Jeremy? Yeah, so I've got a lot of documentaries uh, coming up on the next couple parts of my list. Um, I'm a huge doc a documentary guy. Um, I think I, I learn more. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the history of the game and the history of basketball. So that's why you're going to see a lot of documentaries pop up here. Um, so, yeah, uh, can't wait to see what the future holds for these lists. And uh, But that wraps up this film session of Harden My Take. Uh, thank you so much, Michael Brown, for sharing your list, uh, the first part of your list. We will be uh, breaking down our top tens for our two episodes next week, one coming out Monday and one coming out Thursday. So be sure to check in for that on uh, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets and SBNation.com, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast and send a screenshot proving that you do subscribe to this podcast to thedreamshake at SBNation.com. And if you do so, you will be entered for a chance to win a new Dream Shake t-shirt from our friends at Breaking Tea. Uh, you definitely want this, uh, you definitely want this t-shirt. It's a very fantastic t-shirt. Uh, you can never have too many t-shirts and, uh, what, what better t-shirt than one from the Dream Shake? So, uh, be sure to do that and to send your emailed screenshot to the Dream Shake at SBNation.com for your chance to win a fabulous t-shirt from our friends at Breaking Tea. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. Give us a like on Facebook if you haven't done so already. And be sure to follow my good old buddy Mike, Mike Brown on Twitter um, at your handle, Michael Brown, which you would like to introduce. UH Big Red Hat Guy. UH Big Red Hat Guy. You can follow me on, on uh, Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y, B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.